Welcome back to Point of View. Earlier today, the Financial Times put out a report suggesting that if North Dakota was its own country, if you can bring this graphic up, please, Zach. If North Dakota was its own country, North Dakota would have the highest cases per capita in the world. In the world. Now, to be fair, North Dakota also tests a lot more than most states and most other places. Thus, obviously, the more we test, the more cases you're going to see, which we talked about last night. We're incentivizing college students to go get tests, but that's another topic. But also, to be fair, you can see here, this is what's called the 14-day rolling positivity rate average, according to John Hopkins. According to them, we've got a positivity rate here in North Dakota of um, about 10.78%. So 10.78% is the 14-day rolling average of the positivity rate in North Dakota, well above the 5% the CDC suggests. So some things to think about there. Now, I bring all this up because earlier today I had an incredible, and I mean incredible, conversation with Dr. Drew Pinsky. Many of you probably know him from his TV shows, Love Line Back in the Day, podcast. Anyways, he's going to be the keynote speaker for the Recovery Reinvented uh, event that's coming to basically online. They're going to be in North Dakota, thanks to our fantastic First Lady. One week from today, Drew Pensky will be speaking at 9.30 a.m. So we touch on that here, but also there was about a 35, 40-minute conversation we've got up online on our Facebook page with Dr. Drew about COVID and mental health, and it was outstanding. Here's a quick peek. Joining us now, the one and only Dr. Drew. He's going to be the keynote speaker one week from today at the Recovery Reinvented event here in the great state of North Dakota. Dr. Drew, thank you so much for joining us today, and thanks for being a part of Recovery Reinvented. Pleasure, and uh, you indeed do have a great state and a great governor, a great first lady, so i am uh, been supporters of theirs for some time. Well, thank you for saying that. I know you're going to be the keynote uh, one week from today. One of the great things for people to know especially having someone like you be part of the event, is it's free globally. So anybody in the globe can join us. You're going to be speaking at 930 Central Time. Uh, what are people going to hear from you one week from today? Uh, probably a lot of the same material you're about to hear from me right now. <laughs> uh, you know, this, is a, this is a world I've worked in for 30 plus years. I've got a, you know, they, I'm somebody with a lot of strong opinions informed by that clinical experience of having treated well over 10,000 drug addicts in my in my day. So I, just a little bit about me. So I, I um, uh, was an intern, I'm an internist by training. And back when I was a resident, I started moonlighting in a psychiatric hospital nearby where I was training. And I became fascinated with the medical management of psychiatric patients. I got pretty good at you know, I I thought I understood psychiatry. And I realized walking around those halls that I was woefully misinformed and that my peers in internal medicine to this day, I'm mortified that primary care does most of the psychiatric prescribing, but that's the world we live in. In any event, I, I, I got quite good at the medical issues in and around psychiatry and some, learned quite a bit about psychiatry, but all the medical problems, uh, most medical problems were down in the drug unit. And so I got very good at drug withdrawal. I got very interested in that. And by 1991, I was appointed as the clinical director of the addiction recovery program at this freestanding psychiatric hospital. And over the next, 10, 20, 20 plus years, we developed a reputation of being able to treat the most complex uh, drug addict patients. So I want to tie in, uh, you, you mentioned the, you know, the addiction, mental health, and what's happening right now with this COVID situation. So I want to play a quick clip with, for you from uh, CDC Director Robert Redfield from just a couple months ago, and then we can dive into the mental health issues that we're seeing now with COVID-19. Yeah. Um, but there has been another cost that we've seen, particularly in high schools, uh, we're seeing, uh, sadly, far greater suicides now than we are deaths from COVID. 
we're seeing far greater deaths from drug overdose uh, that are above excess than what we had as background than we are seeing deaths from COVID. Um, but there has been a so with your experience as a doctor, just your reaction to that, sir? Uh, that That is, I've been saying that for months and months and months. I do a daily streaming show um, at the YouTube site slash Dr. Drew, and this is all I talk about, is the, the profound mental health consequence of the overreaction of lockdown. The World Health Organization now has come out strongly against lockdown, saying the only thing it does is make poor people poorer. And here now we have the director of the CDC reminding us that it makes people with proclivities to mental illness sick, and fatally so. In the city of San Francisco today, four times the number of deaths from drug overdoses relative to COVID. Four wow. times. Four wow. times every day. And yet the city is shut down for COVID. And guess what? Zero, zero significant effect on the drug addicted population. What is the what is the plan here, everybody? You do you not see what's going on? And I think people are blinded by their ideological sorts of frames. And I keep, you know, I have lots of media outlets and I keep saying the same thing with like, look, these are public health officials, public health, not public COVID officials. Thank you. All right, let's talk about the kids. Um, there was a recent study out of Brown University. They went to, I think it was 46 states, 550 schools. And what they found is that less than 1%, less than 1% of the students and teachers uh, were, you know, ended up getting COVID-19. An article here says the schools are not super spreaders. Uh, should kids right. be back in school five days a week? And is there something genetically different with kids that they don't get it as as easily or what's going on? There? Yes, I think I think you've preloaded that question because, you know, the answer is that uh, under the un pre-adolescence, they don't have the, the protein on the surface of the respiratory tract that the virus needs to enter our body, to enter the cell. It's called an ACE2 receptor. They don't have it, but they do seem to get colonized and they do seem to be able to spread the virus. That that There's some good literature that shows that kids... Do not get sick. I mean, it's rare, rare. Again, there's a lot more to that conversation with Dr. Drew. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash POV now. All right, stay with us. We got much more coming up right after this.